topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Hey, hello, everyone. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all those who celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, we're certainly going to have a different one this year, but hopefully it will be a happy one. Uh, it's also unbelievable that this is our 47th Geek Skeezers and Geek, Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. Can can never get that out, right? Um, so the, the alliteration was great, but... Uh, well, you named it, right? <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely gets attention. Uh, so I definitely appreciate that. And now... Uh, we've got Geek Skeezers, Googleization, and Joya. So <laughs> not, not the Goya, right? Uh, but uh, welcome, welcome, Joyce. And uh, really, uh, you. kind of, you're you're in the big seat now, and uh, we're going to be do, co-hosting it uh, for uh, well, for hopefully for a long time. Uh, but it's great to have you here. And you. Uh, for those who don't know Joyce, uh, Joyce is uh, CEO and founder of the Herman Group. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit later about the newsletters that she puts out with uh, was thirty, almost thirty thousand people. Yeah, read it with yeah. the pass along. Yeah, the Herman, Herman Trend Alert. So uh, we've decided to do a portion of that live uh, every week. Uh, talk about the topic that uh, Joyce had written on, and uh, again, we're uh, it's hard to believe we're last last uh, Wednesday in November, and uh, again twenty. Uh, 47 shows into this year. Uh, you know, when we start the clock again, it's always, wow, we got a lot to talk about. And uh, now it's like, how do we talk about all this in the next couple of weeks? So, but uh, December, we've got the three shows. We're taking a little bit of a break over the holidays and we have some great guests. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of forecasting on the on the next year. Uh, I, Economic forecasting, week. right? Yeah, not next year, not next week, but the following week, uh, we've got Alan Ballou been on. Uh, he's been, uh, we've interviewed him three or four times over the last uh, two years. His firm, ITR Economics, has a 96% accuracy rate uh, wow. over 30 years of, of what trends and what things are. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention to that one. Uh, today, and we, today we've got a great topic. Um, we, we're going to be talking with Graham Thornton. Uh, from a company he has called the Change State. We're going to be talking a little bit about recruitment marketing, but a specific topic in there about job aggregators, because everybody thinks, hey, we can we can put a job on and it's going to go to a thousand or a hundred, maybe not a thousand, but a hundred job boards. Um, I mean, clients have said to me, Ira, I just love ZipRecruiter or I just love Indeed. It really works for me. And I just wonder what they're talking about because I have a feeling that there's a lot more to it. And that's what we're going to hear from Graham, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When I heard him, I, you know, I've been talking on this. I mean, ever since the book came out, been been really focused on the recruitment marketing side. 
Um, job uh, uh, Google for Jobs had come out just about the time, so I started to introduce that, and it was it was shocking. Even even as far as this year, the conferences I spoke at, uh, virtual mostly, um, that they were the number of people that were in talent acquisition, in recruitment, or even if that wasn't their specialty, they were responsible for that within their company. Had no idea what Google for Jobs was. Number one, they didn't know how it worked. But the concern was is because it does scrape all these jobs and puts them together, which is a nice way to get your jobs exposed to more people. The problem is when they went up there, there were all these other job boards that you that people could apply on. And that is like a black hole, because once a candidate gets in there, they're not being directed back to your 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 ATS or your Web page, but they are diverted. um, They're actually it'll be interesting. I won't give away the secret, but they, they kind of go in a circle. So it's, it's really a catch 22 wow. uh, where they go. So it was fascinating. I'm, I'm that. sure that our, our yeah. audience will also find it very interesting. Yeah. It, it may be something you want to write about um, it for sometime in the future. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, I, it, it needs to be kind of serious. Like next week I'm going to write about adaptability. Wow, a favorite subject. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, for for those who have been following me, you'll be seeing a lot more coming out about adaptability. I actually just created over the weekend uh, new animated. It's a six. It's literally sixty seconds. Uh, and, and one of the things people talk about, we talk about it as well about adaptability being a skill we're going to need. Everybody's going to have to be a little bit more comfortable with change. Um, for as, sure. As Rebel just was able to post for us, uh, we're going to move from um, basically status quo or the normal to a new normal. New normal, and um, which I call so, normal 2.0. Yeah, and and I the in in developing this animated video, what I came up with was that. I, I don't like new normal. Nothing gets that. I don't like normal 2.0. I don't like the next normal. We've had John Sinai coming up. Yeah, you know, great. I love his title of his new book, which is Future Next. Um, I, I know Jason Averbook talks about uh, now, uh, future now. Uh, th- they all sort of resonate, but they all suspect that we're moving from point A to point B. And in reality, we're going to have a wave of normals. We're, we're not going to have the status quo. And it's, it's going to be that we ride the crest. And then as we come down the other side, there's going to be a new wave. And um, so I, I came up with the, the I, I'm still refining it. Maybe you can help me, but it's the next, you know, the, the, the next wave of normal. <laughs> so um, and uh, so anyway, there's a new video up there, but we'll be talking about that. So can't wait till next week to, to learn a little bit more about adaptability from your perspective. But sure. we Ram Thornton here today and, and want to make sure that we maximize the time because he's got a really powerful message. Uh, Graham has a, a company. He lives out in the West Coast, out in Seattle, which has nothing to do with what he does. But uh, that's where his passion is. Uh, but he lives on the West Coast uh, and uh, he has a company called Change State. And they focus on recruitment marketing. I met, like many other people, I met uh, Graham on the JobSync uh, roundtable. I highly recommend everybody if you get a chance to sign up for that. If you need the link to register, it's free. We meet every Thursday um, at 11 p.m. Not this week because it's Thanksgiving, but uh, great, great presenters. Hold on. 11 p.m.? 11 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Eastern time. So uh, for people on the West Coast, Um, but there's people in Europe that are on the call, but it's a it's a really, really good group. It's a core group of people. Uh, We have um, usually 30 to 50 people on the call. Um, Very active. Some 
names you might recognize if you're in the space. And um, again, it's, it's been a great opportunity, but that's where I met Graham. Graham. So gonna bring Graham on uh, and we're gonna talk about uh, job recruiters. Um, and as the title of our presentation said, recruiters beware. Welcome, Welcome Graham. Graham. Hi, good morning, good afternoon, uh, wherever everyone is. It's uh, still, you know, still morning on the West Coast. Yeah, we're, we're crashing some, some time zones here. So I, again, I, I did the pitch. I said that when you and I met a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was, uh, time flies, uh, you taught, we were talking about job aggregators and were they killing the candidate experience? And honestly, I went in and was like, what can he tell me that I don't know? And it's like, holy cow. <laughs> it's like, I don't know where to stop. So um, let's talk. One is the, the audience may not be sure what the difference between a job board and, a, you know, like an Indeed ver, uh, versus a job aggregator. So if we can get a little bit of a definition there and then let's dive into why job aggregators may not be the holy grail that people think they are. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think the difference, the biggest difference is when, when you have job aggregators, they're pulling jobs from a lot of different sources, right? And so that may mean that, um, you know, I'm out in Seattle, Amazon may send jobs to one job board, and that job board um, may send that to another job board, and might send that to another job board. So, you know, if you look at the traditional job board market from 15 years ago, you know, it was a lot more direct uh, candidate to um, endpoint to company, and what job aggregators have done, you know, they they've you know really taken advantage of you know the uh, advent of programmatic recruitment marketing, you know, cost per click. You know, they've taken advantage of Google for Jobs, um, you know, to create this active marketplace for applicants that, in many times, becomes a you know roundabout circle that. Uh, really negatively impacts the candidate experience. Can you give us right? some examples, Graham, of yeah. the uh, of job aggregators, please? <laughs> well, do you want me to name some names? I don't know if I'll do. I'll tell you what. I, I'll tell you what I will do, Joyce, because uh, you know the the one piece we always say is like we're not going to call out specific vendors, but no. I will encourage everyone. I'll, I'll give you an example, Joyce. Don't worry. Uh, I would encourage everyone to take a look at Google and run a search for any sales job. Just go in and type in retail sales associate. And what you're going to find is on that real estate in Google, um, you know, you may see jobs for urban outfitters, for Bed Bath and Beyond, for you know, you know Toys R Us. You guys probably not Toys R Us anymore, you know, <laughs> no, right? Probably uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, you know, Google for Jobs is powering you know those sales jobs with a bunch of different job boards and job aggregators. So they may be sites like uh, I'll give you one, I'll give you a layup, uh, Gibo, right? You know, Gibo is a classified listing site you know, that pulls a lot of different job listings from multiple different avenues. So right? do they pull them from the newspapers as well as from websites? Is that what they do? Uh, I'd say the majority of them are now um, coming from websites, right? Okay. Um, okay. Coming from websites. Well, so most because newspapers, just the tangent, Joy, I'm almost the newspapers are pulling them from Career Builder or Monster. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the newspaper in the back of it, it, it basically is Career Builder in print. I mean, it actually says yeah. It, it actually says we get they they're they're getting their jobs on career builder. So, so yeah. in other words, if I were looking for someone to say work in my office, I would not. Well, my first go to place, by the way, is the college newspapers. But I would not want to or used to be. But I would not want to put an ad in my local newspaper anymore. No, we're not necessarily saying that. I think what we're saying is you need to pay attention to what happens after you put a job on the newspaper, 
uh, in the newspaper or after you post a job on uh, on your career site. Because okay. what's happening, you know, what programmatic um, advertising does, it gives you the ability to go out and buy applications or bid on applications in a cost per click manner, right? So think okay. of Google uh, cost, you know, Google pay per click for you know consumer advertising. It's the same type of an environment that exists for um, applications. Um, so what that means is all of these aggregators are fighting for real estate on Google um, to resell clicks for um, the job that you might have placed in the newspaper, right? Because your newspaper uh, or your job boards are still trying to go out and find traffic and people that are a fit for you know a sales rep job that you might have advertised. You know, the problem um, comes when, you know, if it's so easy to index your jobs, um, you know, online, um, then all of these aggregators are essentially advertising many times the same role and are selling that traffic to each other, right? So what that means is you may, you know, post a job with, right, you may post a job with job board A and say, hey, I'm willing to pay 50 cents a click, you know, for applications, right? Oh, so it gets bid up. It gets Correct. bid up. I kind of like the pay-per-click that I used to sign up for. There, there's a there's a speakers bureau who pays more than I do for my name, so they get it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and it's an interesting marketplace because what you have is you know you have job board A that will say, hey, I can find this, I can I can find this click for fifty five cents, and then they will go buy it from job board B for fifty cents, and then job board C will have that traffic and they'll sell it for 30 cents. And wow. you go down the line and many times it's, you know, four different boards or four different paths before you end up getting to, you know, the end result, which is, you know, an application, right? Now the challenge there is those are a lot of points of failure um, in a typical can- typical candidate journey. And there are a lot of connection points where, um, you know, that path where you may have started looking for a retail sales job with Bed Bath & Beyond. And by the time you get to the third or fourth job order destination, you know, you're at a you know mechanical engineer role for you know, CBRE because the wires have gotten crossed in those paths. So, you know, it becomes a, an incredibly poor candidate experience. And when you think about, you know, how often people are fighting for real estate on Google um, and how much everyone talks about, boy, like, hey, you know, Google is where candidates start their search. You know, a mismanaged advertising strategy, a mismanaged recruitment marketing plan um, can really be taken advantage of by, you know, all of these job aggregators or, um, you know, job boards that are not paying or, or recruitment marketing agencies, frankly, that are not paying attention to, you know, where, you know, your down funnel metrics are, um, you know, delivering. Um, does that make sense, Joyce? It does. So what I'm I'm thinking, Ira, if if I just may ask a quick question. If you are, say, Bed Bath & Beyond, then Mm -hmm. what you're telling me, I think, is that my, if if I'm Bed Bath & Beyond, my best, my best option is to go to the, where the person would first go to the internet and post an ad for retail sales so that I would want to have a sponsored link for the keywords of retail sales, Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah, so in a nutshell, yes. Um, It's a little more complicated than that, right? So, you know, not all job aggregators are bad. You know, if I can pay 25 cents for a click and it drives me a qualified candidate that completes an application, that is great. And we'll pay that all day. 
the problem is you know, like there are a lot of missed opportunities you know throughout that process and there are a lot of new job aggregators and job boards that you know are popping up in you know a given week and if you are not monitoring you know your publisher network where you're sending your jobs you know then you run the risk of having a lot of wasted spend and really uh, you know some pain in the candidate experience that you know now more than ever you know companies are starting to pay much more attention to it matters so that's right. what my new book is about, by the way, Graham. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. Perfect. It's about the experience of it. So, so yeah. If, if we can, just to make sure everyone, and again, everybody's on the same page, because we talk about Google for jobs and people say, well, how do I get listed in Google for jobs? Well, you don't get listed in Google for jobs because you, you, it's not a job board. It basically is a subset of Google's search engine and they'll go out and they'll, they'll, and they'll look for all, you know, any ATS that pro promotes a job. Um, by the way, just to make sure, and I think I'm still correct on this, Graham, Google does not display any Indeed jobs. Yeah, it's correct. Yeah. So they Google Indeed does not allow Google to scrape their jobs. So when people post on Indeed and they go, oh, um, you know, how do I get into Google? Because most people pick up a, a smartphone and just search. They don't necessarily go to Indeed or Google or Career Builder or not Google, uh, Career Builder Monster or Zipper. They don't go to those specific ones. They just type in the company name or they type in a job and it pops up. That's why Google for jobs is important. So the, the search starts there. Uh, but ultimately, um, when when you if they do end up on Google and they do display that, if if your company site is not one of those button options, the likelihood is it's going to a job aggregator. Yeah, yeah, job aggregator, job board, it's going somewhere else. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you, you, you need to make sure that you're prioritizing you know, and your job listings are, are set up in a way that Google is willing to pick them up too, right? Um, and that's the thing, you know, Google has made it very easy for you to get um, you know, jobs indexed on their site, right? Like they've, you know, they've written down how you do it, that's that's how all these job aggregators are popping up, right? Like, except the companies aren't doing it. The job aggregators have taken advantage of it. The individual companies have not. Yeah, I think that's the challenge, right? Um, yeah, you know, and, and a lot of companies have, right? Um, you know, so we can't, you know, paint a broad, broad brush and say everyone, you know, no one knows what they're doing. Look, there's a lot of great companies, and you know, there's a lot of great job aggregators. Again, like, you know, at its, you know, Indeed was a job aggregator when it started, right? Um, you know, you have to think about how, you know, all of these job boards grew. I think what we um, just continue to want to build awareness on is, hey, pay attention to like where you're sending your jobs and walk through what that experience is. Um, because we liken it to, you know, a game of, you know, a game of whack-a-mole with these, you know, with these, you know, with these vendors, right? Like, um, you know, data is worth a lot. And that is why, you know, these, you know, these job boards are popping up, right? And, you know, so forget about the candidate experience. Think about it from another angle. Um, you know, if, if I'm pulling jobs from, you know, Amazon and I'm a job board, let's say my name, let's say I'm Gibo, right? We'll pick on them today. Um, you know, you have to register with Gibo before you apply for a job. So, you know, at that point, like now you're advertising as a third-party job board, as an Amazon Um you know, you're capturing information or email addresses of people. And usually the basic information before you send it over to Amazon is a completed application. You know, in the Gibo example, many times they're working with other job boards. So, you know, someone finds a job, it's an Amazon, you know, um, you know package handler, you know, they go through Gibo, they submit their information, then they go out to, 
you know, retail jobs, right? And then they have to resubmit their information again. And, you know, all throughout that process, you know, your contact information is passing through as a candidate to all these other third parties too. And, you know, Amazon never gets that unless you complete an application with Amazon. So yeah, Graham, ahead, I have a question for you. Yeah. What's the difference between an aggregator and a job board? Because I always thought that indeed was an aggregator, but you're telling me it's not, it's a job board. So the way I look at those differences is I think aggregators are more working with third, other third party um, boards, right? Other third party places to pull traffic. Um, and, you know, if you look at Indeed, they, they really are doing a, a, a good job of prioritizing. They are only pulling jobs from Amazon. If you click for, on an Amazon job and Indeed and click apply, you're going to Amazon. That's where your application is being delivered. You know, job aggregators, I think that you're much more at risk of um, you being stuck in, um, well, that, uh, that winding path with a few different, you know, <laughs> different words for it. So, yeah. yeah. And I think another going back to, again, walking people through the kind of the, the, the travel, uh, the journey. So I, I, I find the job. I find that retail job on uh, Google. Uh, I click on it I, and then I'm exposed to five or six options. And one of those options is not the company site. So I click on one of those buttons and then I go and it might be a job aggregate job aggregator. And I need and I haven't been there before and I need to register. So I, so I have to go through that whole process of logging in. If I'm top talent, if I have choices and I'm being a little bit more selective, I've already figured out that I'm not logging into one more company because what happens is then, one is when I, when I, when I enter, I'm not necessarily taken to the job I was looking at. I was taking to all the other retail jobs, which may be good from the candidate experience, but it's not very good from my experience, because I want to keep people on my path. I clicked on them. I got them into my store. I don't want to give them a coupon to go down to the next, to my competitor, which, which is which sort of what that, what happens. Am, am I right? Yeah. 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 So, so wow. it's a disconnect on the candidate experience from my, from the candidate says, I'm not filling out one more job applicant, you know, registration, because then I'm going to get a whole bunch of emails telling me, oh, I'm a good fit for that particular job. Um, but from for the employer side, it's a horrible experience because it's literally like promoting the job. You got somebody that, that's standing at your door for for a for a Black Friday sale. You bring them in. They they get right to say, I got my product. I got my gift. I want to be able to purchase it click to apply and they go, oh, to apply, why don't you go down the street and look at the competitor's deal first? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that's spot on. And, wow. um, you know, look, what it boils down to, though, you know, there are ways, if you're paying attention, right, and, you know, if you're, if you're a good marketer, right, and, you know, if you're a company that has, um, you know, the right metrics and analytics in place, like, you know, you should be testing job aggregators, because again, like, you know, there are good sources of traffic, but you just can't rely on, hey, how many clicks did I get from a source, right? You know, um, you know, you need to start looking at, you know, down funnel analytics. And, you know, what's funny is, you know, we talk about this all the time. Um, you know, this is still the basic blocking and tackling of, uh, you know, of good marketing, right? Like, you know, if you were advertising for a consumer product, you know, no consumer marketing agency is going to say, hey, yeah, we just got a bunch of clicks and that's where we stop measuring uh, where people come from, right? Like you want to know like, all right, on the consumer side, 
how many people like submitted a lead, right? Or how many people do we know are interested in buying a product? How many people purchased it? And it's that same experience in the recruitment side that like, yeah, that's, that is where we're trying to get um, organizations. You know, the, the smartest recruitment organizations are looking at, you know, consumer marketing as the model for like how you attract talent. And the job aggregators are not gonna go away and they have value, right? You know, the right ones will, will grow responsibly. You know, that's why we love tools like JobSync. You know, you mentioned that, you know, the roundtable IRA, um, you know, JobSync, you know, they do the plumbing for job boards. So what does that mean? Like, hey, if I click on a, you know, a job at, uh, you know, at Indeed, um, you know, JobSync can send that application directly into an applicant, applicant tracking system, right? They're partnering with a lot of job boards where if you have real traffic and good candidates, they can put those applications right into your ATS. So, Hey, if you're a good job board, problem solved, right? But if you're not and you're selling third-party traffic and you're sending people on a goose chase, like that's those are the job boards that you, know, you should be paying attention to. Are um, they job boards or are they aggregators? <laughs> they're, they're both joints. They're both. Okay. Okay. Both. Now I understand. Yeah. So Thank you. I, I want to make yeah. sure because your company, Change State, focuses on recruitment marketing. So a lot of a lot of this has to do with it, but also employment brand. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Let, let's talk about employment brand because I know that's going to resonate with uh, Joyce as well. Mm -hmm. Their new book, <laughs> Experience Rules, I think, is, is the name of it. Right, Joyce? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so let's talk about that. W where does this fit into that? Why is this? Why are job aggregators hurting the employee employment brand? Yeah, well, we think of it as a, a few different types of marketing, right? You know, when you're sending jobs on job boards, you know, uh, that's more of a linear path to applying for a position, you know, in theory, right? You know, like my job's on Indeed and I, you know, and I see that, uh, you know, I'm a fit for a program manager job, I submit an application. You know, we think about, you know, where we see recruitment marketing and, and a real opportunity to, to move the needle. You know, we spend a lot of time with talent insights research, you know, with employer, employer brand research. So we can actually understand, hey, if I'm a, you know, high volume call center, you know, if I'm an engineering firm, like what, you know, motivates my, what, what are my happiest employees like about my organization? And like, not only what are the, you know, brand attributes that my current employees like, like, hey, does that like match what we tell ourselves in our messaging, like for outgoing candidates? Because what we're trying to avoid and again, like this is this is where organizations should be going. Like you need, you know, you need you hear the phrase authenticity all the time. Like your message that you have and that you're sending out to candidates, it better be accurate when people come work for the organization. Um, otherwise they're not gonna stay. So we spend a lot of time on you know building out employee personas and like helping people understand, boy, like uh, you know, what does the profile of someone that's you know most likely to be successful at an organization, you know, stay two to three years, right? You know, what does that person value? How does that stack up compared to the brand attributes that our company actually offers? Um, and that's the type of messaging that um, when you look at recruitment marketing and where um, recruitment marketing and companies are going, like you want people that um, are going to be most likely to, you know, stay and be engaged at your organization too. Because it can't just be a, hey, there's a lot of you know people on a job market. Let's go post jobs. You know, yeah, we we do that. You know, and that's a lot of fun. Um, but that can't be the end all. You know, it's the same thing again. Like with consumers, like people spend millions of dollars trying to understand who their buyer is. It's that same approach in the recruitment side. But the sure. smartest companies are the ones that 
like recognize, hey, consumer is driving where we should be going as a recruitment marketing firm. So, Graham, my yeah. book says that if it's important to look at the candidate experience, it's also important to look at all of the different experiences for all of the different stakeholder groups. So yeah. Uh, it, it, there's a chapter on suppliers and vendors and another one on shareholders and families and communities. And so what you're telling me is, and you're definitely preaching to the choir here, is that the candidate experience and the brand needs to be congruent with the consumer brand. And that needs to be congruent with the internal employment brand. And that needs to be congruent, in my view, with all of the other brands yeah. that we have in an organization. Yeah, so I'll add two points there. So, you know, first, I think one of the big reasons why you know, clients you know, love a baseline of you know, town insights and personas as a starting point. You know, I think historically, you know, consumer marketing teams focus on the consumer brand. And you know, there's often been a, a mismatch or a disconnect between recruitment and town acquisition teams and how you have that conversation with your marketing team on what you need. And you know, first step of take, understanding your target talent, your current organization, like now we've been able to like help town acquisition bridge the gap with consumer marketing, you know, and Marcon teams, because hey, now you're used to, oh, as a marketing person, I understand personas. I understand like brand attributes. I understand what this means. And like this is how you take the next step forward, you know, as a recruiting organization to connect those dots. Um, and you mentioned the connection to consumer. I think another we're up on time, you know, one of my favorite stories is, you know, Disney. You know, like Disney does a lot of studying on the candidate experience. You know, they found that you know, the average person that applies for a job on Disney just applies, spends eight times uh, as much money at a Disney park in a given year than someone who's never applied for a job. So, you know, if you think about like how you make those connection points, there are some very, very strong ways that you can connect, hey, the value of your employer brand to your consumer brand as well. 20 years ago, I was teaching uh, recruiters and HR people in Singapore that they needed to apply marketing principles and practices when they were writing copy. I was actually teaching them how to write recruitment copy because all of their recruitment copy, if you'll pardon the expression, sucked. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, it still does. It's still copy and paste job descriptions. <laughs> yeah, with that. Hey, hey, Graham, we are up. We, we are approaching the end here. Um, and, and obviously with this conversation, we can go on forever. So i uh, love to have you back in uh, 2021. Uh, we're very optimistic. We're having a great year. And, uh, and, and this conversation is going to continue. This is just a, a chapter, you know, in that. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? How can they learn a little bit more about Change State? Yeah, easiest way, just go to changestate.io. Um, you know, we host our own weekly podcast, The Changing State of Town Acquisition. You know, we think that uh, one of the things we need to do is just help better educate people in the town acquisition space and help share stories. So, you know, we're big believers in in highlighting what's going on, whether it's town insights, branding, room and marketing. So and uh, they can always just find us on LinkedIn. That's change-state.io, correct? Nope, it's just no. changestate.io. Sorry word. about that. All right, I I'm posting it in the chat for anyone who would like to. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, Graham, hope you have a, a happy, safe Thanksgiving. 
um new, good new year uh we'll be in touch and uh thanks so much for for being a guest on geek skeezers and googleization great to uh, meet you, you graham great thanks to meet Joyce. You. thanks for having me on okay thanks and uh, we're going to be taking a short break uh, here from our sponsor, Success Performance Solution, hear a little bit more about Adaptability Quotient. Uh, thanks for listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization and being part of Googleization Nation. Here with my co-host, Joyce Joya. I'm Ira Wolf. We'll be right back. Hiring top talent shouldn't be left up to the roll of the dice. And yet, that's exactly what many organizations do. They roll the dice, cross their fingers, and pray for a better outcome. Hiring the right employees the first time is much too important and way too costly to leave to a game of chance. Your employees and your customers deserve better. For 25 years, Success Performance Solution has been helping small and medium-sized businesses hire smarter. They offer pre-employment and leadership assessments from typing and data entry to C-suite competence. Whether it's production, sales, healthcare, call centers, or management, Success Performance Solutions can help. Visit their website at www.successperformancesolutions.com to schedule a free demo or call 800-803-4303. A lot of you might be feeling like you're standing in deep shift, but do you know what grows and rises out of deep shift? Opportunity to successfully navigate the shift to the new normal. Each of us must learn to rapidly adapt to the speed of change. Some of us are hardwired for this. Others, not so much. That's where Success Performance Solutions can help. Success Performance Solutions is now your AQ headquarters. Whether you are personally struggling with the next chapter in your career or wondering how ready your team is for fast, disruptive change, our AQ assessment and coaching will provide you a detailed, scientifically-backed roadmap to guide you into the new normal. Optimize your adaptability today. Contact Success Performance Solutions about evaluating your team's change readiness or joining our upcoming AQ Masterclass. Visit SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com or call us at 800-803-4303. Hey, welcome back everyone to Geek Skeezers and Googleization here with my co-host Joyce Joya. I'm Ira Wolf, and uh, we what a what a great segment. Uh, we we uh, that was fascinating, wasn't it? It it absolutely is, and there's so many other questions um, that yeah. I have, and, and it's continually evolving, as you said, even trying to figure out the difference. How do I know if it's a job board or a job aggregator? Yeah. Uh, and you know, there, we we really don't, and and I I think there's a, a blend of of what those are. There's certainly some job boards per se, but uh, m most of them are, um, you know, I, I would say a job board today, uh, the closest thing probably is Indeed, because you can go, you can get a contract with Indeed and post it there. Uh, but job boards are pretty much career boards, you know, what, what you have on your own website, uh, everybody else is sort of an aggregator. And, and that would be my definition, especially with uh, when, when you hear people say, you know, what do you like Indeed better or you like ZipRecruiter better? And yeah, I, I was going to ask him about ZipRecruiter, but he didn't want me to name names. Yeah. So yeah. is ZipRecruiter an aggregator or a job board? <laughs> I, my advice to people is don't get hung up on it, is understand uh, that even, even if you do, you're working with Indeed, 
to find top talent, to find production. I wouldn't say run in the mill people. Um, certainly that's going to be the, a go-to place. Uh, ZipRecruiter probably doesn't want to hear that, but ZipRecruiter is going to say, no, we're the go-to place. Um, ultimately, they're, they're not the holy grail. They're not the answer because both of them uh, are go- going to, when somebody registers on either of those, those sites, it's not necessarily good from your standpoint, from the employer standpoint, because you are going to get a flood of emails about job opportunities at competitors. Um, because everybody's doing the same thing. They make money by how many people are in their database, how many people click, uh, employers who say, my jobs aren't ranking high enough, I need to sponsor the ads. Uh, so it's, it's it, you know, again, Indeed's probably the Google of, uh, of jobs, but, uh, you know, they're not the only player out there and it's very competitive. And uh, uh, to, I, I keep giving this example out, a client of mine who used to get 25, used to complain that he only got 25 or 50 applications. And out of that, there might've been one or two that were viable. Uh, when he posted an ad about three months ago, he got 1,500, 1,400 something in 24 hours. And again, so there's a lot of, there's a ton of people out there that are going to be looking for jobs as the economy improves. And as employment benefits run out, there's even going to be more people looking for jobs. So it's going to be really, really critical that you not only know where you're posting, how can I get not more candidates, but more uh, qualified candidates, but then have an internal process that allows you to screen those out quickly. And a lot of companies were sort of struggling with even 50 candidates that they get. And gosh, we, we got 48 bad ones and one, two good ones. Can you imagine now, maybe even if you got 50, even you multiply that out, even if you got 50 good ones, they're going to be buried in 1400. How are you going to get <laughs> back to them in time? What's that candidate experience looks like? How do they avoid falling into the black hole? Um, so whole whole lot of other dynamics and we'll be talking about those over the next few weeks next I and, and by the way some clients don't even want to acknowledge receipt of a resume yeah. because they think that 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 implies yeah, that some responsibility on their side we'll so we'll be talking about that more next more next week and there's a lot of good people and and again we talk about that all the time in the job sync we talk about i know you talk about it i in your newsletter i talk about it all the time we have uh 125 episodes uh of geek skeezers and googleization i will almost guarantee you uh that half of them uh we were in some form or fashion talking about exactly this how do you improve that and uh and again, companies are going to be able to, one is improve their employment brand, improve their candidate experience, uh, and uh, learn how to uh, to attract and, and identify top talent. So uh, we're here. but We, we need to pivot to our hotel yeah, hacks. Well, it's not much of a pivot. We're here for ahead of the curve. Uh, we started this about a month ago, and it's gone, <clears throat> it's gone over really well. Uh, so we talk about the head of the curve, normal 2.0. We talked about empathy last week. That's come in mul- multiple times. Uh, we talked about leadership prior to that. And last week we bumped it because of Torin Ellis. We, just, we, we wanted to continue that conversation. Uh, but uh, we, we're going to talk about hotel hacks, <laughs> right? And what an important time, because one is that's an industry that's undergoing a tremendous disruption. I won't say evolution yet, but uh, a disruption. Uh, Here we are Thanksgiving weekend. There's still a lot of people traveling. Just going to say that. Yes, yes, yes. More busier than than normal. And uh, but eventually in, in the spring, 
summer, fall, things are going to start going, I won't say going back to normal, riding the second wave of normal or the next wave of normal. Uh, and uh, we're, we're going to get there, but we will be visiting hotels again. And uh, so you, you talked about hotel hacks. Right, right. I wanted to talk about from a personal point of view. I believe that now, at this very moment in time, and specifically at the, on this day, that travel requires a lot more planning on our part. And the reason is, obviously, we want to stay safe. We want to be COVID-free. We, we don't want to get infected and bring anything home to anybody. We don't want to bring an infection into our loved one's home. So the question is, how do we stay safe while we're in, in the process? So obviously, we need to make sure we wear masks and uh, I put on sunglasses or when it's dark, I'll wear clear glasses and uh, or I'll wear a face shield. Uh, I do expect to be in December getting on an airplane and traveling to Mazatlan, Mexico. And while I'm there, uh, I'll see my sister and maybe do some work with one of the hotels, but we'll see. Uh, but the, the whole idea is I, I, want, I need to stay safe getting myself from here to there. Mm -hmm. And depending on the, the type of transportation, for instance, if you're in the car uh, and my husband and I took an adventure and we drove for six hours to a place called Quana, Texas, and we stayed at a sure stay hotel which means that they have higher standards for sanitation and cleanliness than they did before COVID. <laughs> uh, we wanted to make sure that we were gonna be able to get food there, mm -hmm. just basic food and water, right? Now, I only drink alkaline water if I can help it because I think it tastes better. And so we brought large jugs of water. And I used some big like ice packs in a, an ice chest. And I brought, I, I brought uh, some of my soup, which I had frozen. And I brought that because when I looked in, on Google in the area, the only restaurants that were there were like diners and fast food and fried food and just not something that I would eat that would keep me healthy. So you need to plan so that you can make sure that there's food there that you want to eat. You also, and this is something I just learned yesterday, and that is that you can ask a hotel to please confirm for you that there has not been anybody else in that particular room in the last 24 hours. Very interesting idea, right? Yeah. And again, you talk about how things change um, seven months ago, let's say, and when we're all traveling or maybe eight months ago, it was, uh, we're all traveling. If we went there and they said, oh, your room's not ready. It was like, you'd almost want to say, okay, if it was, and then as soon as it was, you were in there. So somebody left, housekeeping came in, cleaned it, and it could have been within minutes that somebody else was there. 
Uh, and then you you're you're you were thrilled to be able to walk into the room. Little things that I don't think most people are thinking about yet. For sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, about hopefully it's clean, but we also know, you know, hotel rooms were notorious. Many of them weren't very clean before where the sheets changed and you find things was, you know, how well was it vacuumed? Uh, you know, how many times did you get in? And, the, and you can tell the bathroom wasn't clean. You know, if you can see the dirt. <laughs> if you can see her in the bathtub, you got to wonder, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. So it, it's going to raise the standards. And ultimately, I think it's going to be so much better, so much safer to travel. Um, and again, there's people that are not going to abide by that, but, which is the bright side of with the pandemic. But but we're, we're right now, we're all in this journey <laughs> to, to get there. Yes, we are. And one of my other favorite hotel hacks for from a personal point of view is that I like to have picnics on my bed. So I will dial up a movie on HBO or even sometimes pay for one and I'll go pick up food from the restaurant and I'll bring it up to my room. I'll spread a towel out on the bed and I'll have a picnic. Now, what I'm suggesting to hotels, and this is a good way to jump to the hotel part of this, is that they actually buy some large pieces of oil cloth that have fabric on one side and they're waterproof on the other side, that they can, that families can spread out on the bed and have these kinds of picnics and maybe have, have a cartoon channel for the kids or something like that. I've also suggested to some of the hotels, like some of the like mid-priced hotels, that they consider taking their adjacent rooms, all of their adjacent rooms, and turning them into game rooms so that the kids can have a place where they can play games without disturbing the parents. Interesting. I, again, these are all things, as you're doing this, I, I was smiling there, and I, only because my entrepreneur hat went on. First of all, I'm thinking about, there's got to be somebody uh, thinking about a shark tank. I can see them pitching this idea of having this picnic. Um, and again, there are already these blankets that have, uh, you know, especially blankets that you, 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 take, you can take outside, you put them on grass, the grass gets wet. So right. there's already that plastic, but now you can decorate them for hotel rooms or maybe a hotel provides logo, them. Or so the that, logo of the hotel. Yeah, right. so that, and sell those. So it's even marketing. But so, you know, because I'm sure people eat on the bedspreads and spread food out there, which doesn't do very, you know, one is it's, it's not very safe. It's not very clean. And they're not cleaning those bedspreads between every visit. So this is a way that you can you can protect that. But uh, again, the entrepreneur hat goes on. But then it, it also could be a business. Here's a picnic. So somebody can literally, you can call out, they deliver your picnic. In a box, spread, right? With the spread. Right. Yes. With the, or the hotel provides that. So yeah, amazing. And, and you get and you get to keep the the thing that goes on the bed. So yeah. as a gift, and it 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 calls up the memory of it at the time, right? Yeah. The yeah. other thing, the other thing that's kind of interesting. We just have a got to wrap I, it up pretty quick. I, I know we're we're on the end. Sure. Uh, <laughs> is that hotels need to pay more attention to their takeout menus? 
so that they don't end up the so that people don't end up going from the restaurant to their room and then when they open it up all the all the french fries are soggy for instance the the packaging needs to be perhaps looked at and the menu needs to be looked at and it's it's so simple. I mean, just the really funny thing. We we usually get order. Well, we used to go out for breakfast on Sundays. Now we do a brunch. So we'll go out to one of the two diners locally. We'll pick it up, and they would put the toast in the same styrofoam container. And by the time it came back, it was soggy because the steam would come out and it was moist. So we told them, "Hey, please keep those out and wrap it." And it's like this this modern invention. It's like, well, why would you want to do that? We're going to toast it. We're going and I go because the time we get it home and ten minutes later. It's a soggy piece of toast. It doesn't taste very good. Uh, but little things like that, just little things of what's on the consumer side that would make it better, make you stand out, make you remember it. So. Yeah, there's another another solution to that too, and then ha which would be just to have them give you regular untoasted bread, and then you could toast it at home. Oh, that's, that's exactly what we do. That's oh. what they do now. We just, we just we told them even one step further because it was it was it was dry and it wasn't moist, but it was cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So now we just go back and you know put it in there. So again, little ideas. So great, good conversation. I wasn't sure where hotel wax were going to go. And <laughs> normal 2.0, but uh, again, everything's evolving, and hopefully we gave, we gave people some new ideas and ways to be safe uh, if they are traveling or when they do begin to travel again. Joyce, it's great to have you here. It's uh, wonderful I, to be partnering I, with you. Uh, uh, this, this, I've seen virtual hugs like this and like this, but I'm inventing a new one for normal 2.0. And it goes like this because I feel <laughs> yeah. like we're so isolated that yeah. we need all the hugs we can get, right? Yeah, absolutely. So again, uh, we wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays. Please be safe. Uh, if you're traveling, extra precautions. If you're home, um, it's going to be different. Uh, do your Zoom. Uh, stay with your your loved ones and those who you care. And uh, again, even Dr. Fauci says next year we're going to be celebrating at the Thanksgiving. A lot of people are. So uh, hopefully we will. We really appreciate everybody being part of uh, Geek Skeezers and Googleization and Googleization Nation. You can join Googleization Nation, get updates uh, about this and other events uh, by going to googleizationnation.com. Very, very easy. Uh, the If you want to share this, you missed it, uh, it'll be on YouTube and Facebook because this is live. And then it will be on your favorite podcast. We're on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, uh, you name it. Uh, we're, we're, we're there. I heart. And, and be sure to tune in next week when we'll be playing together once more. No, absolutely. Stay safe, everyone. Take care. Thanks for, for watching. Bye. Thank you.